0: Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Jackson Foundation. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. I am TJ Jackson, and with me is my eldest brother, Todd Jackson. How are you, Todd Jackson? Good. How are you? Nothing much, man. I'm I'm doing excellent, man. Um, For those of you who are joining us today on today's show, we are live, of course, on Facebook and YouTube, so you may be watching us on either one of those platforms, or you Mm -hmm. may be listening to us through podcasts. Um, We are available on every single major podcast provider, so if you haven't checked us out that way, make sure to do so. You can catch and listen and learn um, through The Power of Love that way as well. So I think sometimes people don't remember that I realize that. But, yes, you can go through the, the podcast route as well. Um, as far as the disclaimer, we are not we are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who have experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it, and we've learned from it and we like to share our opinions in an attempt to help you overcome whatever it is you are going through, saying that if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Please do not just rely on us. Mm-hmm. With all that said, Mr. Taj Jackson, i like to know how is your uh, how was your week?
1: It was good. We didn't really do much. I mean, we watched um, the fireworks from the balcony pretty much. And there's a pretty big tree that kind of blocked <laughs> 90% of it. But every once in a while, there's like something on the side that, you know, do you, um, do you get good, good
0: fireworks, Taj from there?
1: Um, near They always do something near that Pierce college area. Okay. So it's like facing the direction. Like if it's Malibu, forget it. Like that's like not the direction to look for, for us, but like, yeah, that, yeah, it it's, it's consistent. It's just I wish cool. we were a little to so the left or right, we would actually be able to see it. So
0: Yeah. So Todd, for for me, we were in Nashville at the time and mm-hmm. I did my first fireworks. I've never done them before. Um I was actually surprised. Never I don't know if it was just the way we grew up or if it's a California thing, but like touching a firework was a no no. And yeah. I actually really had a good time doing it. Obviously you have to do it, be very safe and there are, you have to be respectful of what you're doing, but me and the kids, um, we got some help and, and we're taught how to do it. And it was fun.
1: Yeah. You've but never done it, it. Have you? No, I think it's the forest fires. I've done it, but we did it way back when, with dad and mom, you just don't remember, but, okay. Um, yeah, it's the forest fires and stuff now. Being
0: in California, the drought, yeah, summertime. So it's, like
1: it's, an, it's a definite no-no unless it's professional.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, my fourth was good. Uh, we are we are now in Nebraska, just continuing along on our trip. Uh, we How never came. We will be home in about less than ten days, so about eight days. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. about one more week exactly. We've charged Did we ever go to Nebraska for three T?
1: It sounds familiar, TJ. I don't know. I, I'm, I was, why I paused was because I was like in my memory banks. I'm trying to, I was trying to think of an event that might have happened that would have triggered it, but nothing. I'm, I'm I thinking nothing. maybe a softball for a radio station. That's what I think more than anything. It would have been like hmm. a radio station thing. Either way,
0: we came in last night, so I'm going to enjoy Omaha. I just learned that Omaha was the first place for Malcolm X. Um, did not know that. So wh- I'm going to do my research and see if there's any type of exhibit or museum. And if so, I will be taking my family there. Um, good for you, man. What's
1: that? It's good for you. It's good to be educated.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. No, seriously, so, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know. I, my I wasn't
1: meaning it. In a, I know people probably thought I was being, like, no, but I'm serious. Like
0: yeah. No, it's, right. it's 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 so cool. I, I forgot how beautiful this country is. You know, the the it's so many beautiful sights to see. And you know, like I said, we've been driving for over a month now and it <sighs> went through over 10 states, you know, probably wow. closer to twelve, thirteen, and every state has something beautiful to offer. So I'm I'm highly enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so I think Taj, I think we can go straight to our guest. We have an amazing guest on today's episode of the Power of Love Show. We are welcoming special guest Alua Arthur. Alua is, is a death doula, recovering attorney, ordained minister, and the founder of Going with Grace. It's an end of life planning and death doula training organization that exists to support people as they answer the question. What must I do to be at peace with myself so that I may live presently and die gracefully? Going with Grace works every day to improve and redefine the end-of-life experience for marginalized communities. Alua was a keynote speaker at n 2019 and has been featured in the LA Times, Vogue, Refinery29, The Doctors, and InStyle. She is inspired by the gift of life itself, and is always on the quest for the best donuts. Yes, Alua, I'm with you on that. Uh, without okay, much further that. ado, please, everyone, everyone, please welcome Alua Arthur to the Power of Love show. Alua, Hi. how are you? I'm
2: great. I'm Did I say? Yeah.
0: Did I say the name correctly? Alua. Al- Alua. Alua that's right okay the second thing i want to know so elua yes best donuts where are they
2: they're at randy's there's a texas size donut you know randy's in england there's a texas size about the size of my head which is like the perfect size of a donut there's one with nutella on it which is exquisite um there's also like an Oreo one that's really tasty, but really any any donut that's in my hand is the best donut. Any donut I've got is the best donut. Yeah.
0: I, I I love it. I'm a donut person as well. Uh, I lived in LA my entire life. Whenever I've landed at LAX and drove home, um, or even as a kid, you would see the big donut, the Randy sign. But I don't think I've ever had a donut from Randy. So. You are gonna change that. And next time I fly into LAX, I'm gonna make sure I stop by Randy's Donut.
2: Please do. And I'm gonna hold you accountable. Yeah,
0: I love please.
2: it. I okay, love no, it.
0: It's I love it. I love it. Okay, so I have some questions because Great. as I told you um, a little before the show started, I don't know much about death duelist and what that means and what that is. But before I get to there, we start diving into that topic. You refer to yourself as a recovering attorney. Yes. What does that mean exactly? And um, first, let's go there. What does that mean? What's a recovering attorney?
2: You know what's funny is it's kind of a throwaway term that I started using a while back and it's really stuck and I'm happy that you've asked me about it. So I spent the first part of my professional career practicing law and getting to that point was such a gauntlet. You know, there's law school, which is a pain in the behind, and then there's the bar and then there's the practice. And even though I did social justice work, it still was such an undertaking Mm -hmm. to, to even pursue that route. And it's taken me a long time to like, divorce myself from some of the ways in which I think as a lawyer and some of the ways in which I am. Every time I get into fights with you know, a partner, they always say that I'm cross-examining them. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> recovering, but I'm recovering. Uh, so that's I'm doing. Undoing the habits mm-hmm. of a career gone past.
0: I, I love that. So, w- w- and by the way, I, I'm seeing, because I'm going through these comments, I'm seeing so many cool comments. Duck Donuts are the best. Um, there was one, an advice for somewhere in Chicago. Um, Do right Donuts in Chicago. So I'm great. going to ask actually our community to uh, to let us know if there's some great donut places in your area in the comment section. And I'll be highlighting them throughout so we can help and Lua learned about more donut spots on her quest to to know everything about the best donuts in the world. Okay, so the next question about the the recovering attorney, what inspired you to leave your career and pursue this new journey as an end of life death doula?
2: It was a deep depression. I'd been Mm. practicing for about a decade. And while the work itself was so filling in a way, I wasn't being used properly. All my, all of my gifts and my skills weren't being used. And I, I spent a lot of time practicing law, wishing that the system were different, that it did not marginalize certain communities further. I did low income work, domestic, domestic violence work. And it was like a hamster wheel of the same cases and the same people and the system was so broken. And it felt like there was nothing that I was gonna be able to do about it. And also, like, it's not cute to cry in court. And I'm a highly sensitive person who mm-hmm. feels a lot of things. And, you know, it, it just, it wasn't a good fit for me. It wasn't a fit. And I grew deeply depressed and went on a leave of absence from work. And when I was on this leave of absence, I went to Cuba, where I met a woman, a fellow traveler who had uterine cancer. Mm-hmm. We spent a lot of time talking about her life. And I started asking ask her questions about her death. And what that would mean, like, had she really considered her death? She was only a couple years older than I was. And it was a really revolutionary time in my life um, because I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about death. I hadn't been touched by it personally up until that point. Certainly, I'd been touched by it otherwise or a few very notable um, celebrity deaths, which I'm sure you all are very familiar with, one in particular mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. rocked my entire existence. When your uncle died, it changed my whole world view honestly okay. that was the first
0: major impactful death in my life. How, how does it change your how did it change your life?
2: Oh gosh, I'm so happy you're asking. Uh, I hadn't had anybody close to me die. My grandparents were dead before I was born except for one who died when I was five. That was a kid who died in high school. And their death wasn't really in my circle necessarily. Yeah. Um, and you know growing up he was immortal to me. He mm-hmm. was the greatest thing to ever live. He mm-hmm. was so wildly talented. His moves entranced me. His lyrics, his heart, and he—he he was emblematic of my childhood. At all the major points in my life, I can pick a song that that really defined that era. And so, it felt like a death of a part of me. It felt like a death of parts of my childhood. It also. Felt like somebody who was otherwise never supposed to die. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, he was mm-hmm. immortal, um, and mm-hmm. so it, it rocked me because it made me realize that even my heroes uh, can die. Mm-hmm. That none of us are beyond or past this um, this idea of death. Uh, so it was the first time I think I reckoned with a death. I grieved long and hard. I grieved hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it changed me. It was the first impactful death in
0: my life, honestly, wow. by far. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's interesting because we both lost our, our mothers first prior mm-hmm. to losing our uncle. Um, and then I would say there was a, a, a good amount of time before we lost someone of that significance in our life uh, mm-hmm. until our uncle passing. And it, and it kind of rebrought this this, like you said, the impactful of losing someone. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting when you don't experience death as a youngster or, or in life, when that first major thing that you think is immortal, or you don't expect it to happen. Like for me, um, even Kobe's passing just last year mm-hmm. was, shook me, you know, it really shook me. And, you know, I've met a Kobe a couple of times, but not to the point where I, he's family or, or I would say friends with them. Um, but the, 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 the idea of him passing seems it brings death and the idea of death right to your face. It seems so immediate and so tangible when in most times it doesn't seem like you, you don't think about it. So I, I understand that and, and how it could have impacted, um, your life question Yeah. now death doula. That's what you are. What yeah. is a death doula? Um, right. Am I saying it right even? Because <laughs> I, I I don't know much about this term. Um, I've seen it before, I've heard of it before, but I can't articulate what a death doula is and and um what what you all do. So please let us know.
2: So much like if you've heard the term doula, you've probably heard it in the birth context. Mm. So a birth doula, somebody that supports the birthing person through their entire journey, and a death doula, somebody like that before the other side. So we are non-medical care and support for the dying person and the family and the circle support through the process. We are working with people when they're healthy still, people often think they only need death doulas when they're dying, but we're all dying all the time. Spoiler alert. Uh, So when people are healthy, we help them create comprehensive end of life plans so that they can get their affairs in order and work through some of their fears or anxieties about death. When somebody knows what it is that they're going to be dying of, that there's been a diagnosis of some sort, we support them in having the most ideal death for them under the circumstances, which means we're looking holistically at who they are and what they value to make sure that that death feels um, feels appropriate for their life. And then after a death, we help family members wrap up affairs of their loved one's life. Mm -hmm. So a doula is essentially the supportive person to walk with you in your grief and in your sorrow and in your preparation. We're by far very, I think, uh, knowledgeable and highly compassionate,
1: highly Mm -hmm. compassionate about the end of life experience. That's great. I, 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 I have a question. Yeah. In terms of like, you seem very like connected in that way and emotional when it comes to people because you said talked about court and like in, in separating that aspect of it how do you as a death doula how do you separate yourself from like if you get close to someone or whatever I mean that would be my biggest fears but at the same time you're bringing so much um information and, and also love to a family as well and, and and knowledge so it's that balance but how like is that hard for you to do in a way, or have you gotten used to it, or do you ever get used to it?
2: I hope I never get used to it. I hope I never get used to it. I hope I, I hope every loss is as impactful as the first one was. Mm-hmm. I should add that after I went to Cuba, my brother-in-law got sick, and I got to spend time with him and my sister and uh, my niece for the end of his life, and mm-hmm. and that one was a wildly personal death, um, where you know I. I His absence in my life is still majorly felt. And so I also just want to take a minute to acknowledge that. Um, You talked about your mother's death and that we don't recover. You know, we don't recover. We don't get better. We don't heal fully. Um, And so after his death is when I really start to take stock of how we die in society and start recognizing the challenges that exist and how we need better support. And I hope that for every person that dies that I come at it with the same amount of heart as I did Mm -hmm. the very first one. Yeah, great.
0: So I have a question. You are Elua. Saying the name right, right? You are. You got it now. I love your name, and I haven't heard your name before, but I love it. And you said it was, you're from Ghana? I'm from Ghana, yeah. Love it. Beautiful name. Is it a a popular name, or is it a name that's... It's not popular. It's a
2: name from my dad's family. It's my dad's aunt's name.
0: Beautiful. Okay. Alua, Alua, you are are the founder of Going With Grace, which is an end-of-life planning service. What services do you provide to your clients, and what can people expect Um, from what you do? I'm going to put the website here, so if anyone wants to learn more or go to goingwithgrace.com, please do so um, at your earliest convenience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. So, so the yeah, so, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't set that question. I asked the question <laughs> and then I plugged And So yes. What do people, what do you do and what can people expect?
2: Okay, so we do a variety of things. I mentioned earlier. when you're healthy is the best time to start preparing for the end of life because I mean, not only are you able to get your affairs in order, I know that conversation nags at a bunch of us while we're growing., uh, but also, sitting with your death gives you a lot of information about your life and how you want to live. The best place to look for any motivation about life or to get clear on what you value is by considering your death very closely. And so while we're healthy, that's an appropriate place to do it. We also support people when a death is imminent uh, in a variety of ways. We're doing all the emotional, like helping them reconcile any relationships that are still need some attention in their lives, to the practical, helping them get the last minute affairs in order. Uh, certainly the religious, we do support people as they think through their ideas about the afterlife. Um, and psychosocial, like supporting with care teams and who's coming in and going out and where's the food and you know what, what do people need? And then after a death, we help family members do all the, the, the things that are difficult, the business of death, as I call it sometimes, like wrapping up their old bills and credit cards and closing security accounts and things of that sort.
0: Elu, do you ever find do you ever find it spiritually or physically, emotionally, mentally draining uh, Because you know people usually death is usually such a, a taxing discussion. Don't know if it needs to be as much as it is, but for so many, it's such a, a draining topic. And if you do feel drained ever emotionally, spiritually, or any of those ways, how do you pour back into yourself? How do you replenish yourself?
2: That's a great question. I don't often feel drained by it. I think drain is like uh, you know, like a wet blanket that's laying on top of me and I'm trying very hard to gather myself. More often than not being around people that are dying or in the experience, it's very invigorating. Let me explain is that when dying is occurring, I think that's the most life that we ever really see. That people are at their best or, and sometimes and at their worst. There's a lot of love, there's anger, there's sadness, there's beauty, there's sometimes laughter. But more than anything, people are thinking about this human that they love or care for has had an impact in their life and how their loss will impact their lives right then. So people are very full at the end of life. It's very sad, don't get me wrong, but it's very full. I feel most affirmed in life when I'm around the dying. Um, it reminds me that I'm still living, that I still have another breath. I still maybe have another day. If there's anything that's left undone, I can still do. Now the work isn't about me, it's about being able to support other people, but this is how it does impact me. Uh, it can get sad, it can get heavy, but what it does is invigorate more than anything. And after you know, I've been with people that are dying for quite some time, or particularly after the bigger ones, I will cease everything and sit on the couch and watch Married at First Sight or some reality TV for a week, which is what I'm doing for the past week. I've been watching Married at First Sight on the couch and I'm happy about it. Um, I just (laughs) take my time. I'll go for bike rides, eat some potato chips, try not to deal too much with the things that provide some stressors on my life and just remind myself of the gift and the beauty it is to be alive.
0: Well, thank you for that. Because I... I don't think many people could do what you do, you know, and and um, we need people like you. So so thank you for doing your thing and make, thank you for taking care of yourself and replenishing. Um, with that in mind, what characteristics or what type of person do you think would make a good death doula? What What characteristics does someone need to have or possess to be successful in this field of work?
2: That's such a great question. What I think, well, here's the thing is, first of all, a lot of people think that they can't do what I do, but people do it all the time because people are in support of their loved ones that are dying constantly. You know, if you sat bedside with somebody that you love running errands or bringing water or making sure the medication's on schedule, you've been doulaing somebody through death. Um, It's something that we'll all do. I teach death doulas now, which I love. It's my greatest joy. And One of the things that I find that makes people most effective is building their own personal relationship with death. That does not mean that you have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid at all. It just means that you spent some time thinking about it. What is the impact my life is having? What impact will my death have? Uh, What do I need to do in order to prepare? Uh, That you're thinking about your death so that you're not conflating the experience with the person that you're serving. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if I'm clear on what my fears are, I'm not putting my fears on somebody I'm supporting so I can show up to support them for what they need rather than what I think they might need. Um, yeah. You also need a lot of empathy, compassion. You need a sense of humor. You really need a sense of humor because in the absence of it, it can get a lot.
0: Yeah. I, I, That's something you wouldn't think you would need, but I could see how you could need it. But can you give us an, not a specific example, but just why you would need a sense of humor? That's, I'd love for you to elaborate on that.
2: Because life, as I just mentioned, being around dying is the most life. You know, if you think about funerals even, like there's crying, people crack jokes still, you know? They make jokes about the dying person or the dead person eulogies. There's food, there's music. We are moved. We're moved by the experience of death. Um, and a big part of the experience of life is humor. Um, there's there's jokes that are cracked, you know? Um, we also, like, it, it is so serious. It's such a big happening for the person that's dying, for sure, it's the punctuation on their life, but also for the people around, because we often think of death as like, you know, before somebody died and then after somebody died in our lives. It's a very pivotal event. And we have to roll with the punches. And the punches sometimes are hysterical. And everybody knows it. And everybody else is laughing. You can't stand there in the corner
0: like, this is a big deal. It is a big deal. And also laughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. Um, What is the biggest misconception people have about the work that you do?
2: Definitely that we are killing people. <laughs> people think that I know, and that's so weird sometimes people sometimes people think that like I'm the angel of death and I come in just for your death, but no, uh, we're not killing anybody. We're just there in a supportive role. what why what why is there that misconception?. I think they think that for people that want to be around death, like we're strange somehow, and I mean I am a little strange, but also I think in the ways that are helpful in yeah. that this is a sad time that most people want to turn away from, like all the death phobia in our culture exists because people are afraid to consider death at all, but it's such a real and human thing that's happening to around us every single day. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, another big misconception, as we just talked about, is that it's very heavy and sad. Uh, but you know, the death do list I know are amongst the liveliest and most colorful people.
1: Wow. Well,
0: yeah, and, and I like that. Jennifer says comedy. And Todd, you have a
1: question? Is that? I do, but I'll, I'll let the, yeah, let's. Yeah, I'm gonna just
0: read this comment. She said, "Jennifer says comedy saves. The best comedians have experienced extreme pain in their lives. If you know our trip, my friend's mother had a disco ball at her funeral. I swear I'm not lying." Um, job. and then Angie says, joking makes every bad situation better. So yeah. there you
1: go. Go ahead, Taj. No, um, I was going to ask in terms of like, does your work change? What if there's a sudden death in that way and someone needs to be consoled, does your work change in any way in, in that? Cause you're coming after you don't, you're coming after the fact and you don't really know the family yet. So how do you, how would you approach that?
2: it is different and thank you for mentioning it because a lot of the work that we're doing is death doulas is letting know that they're going to be dying you know people have some awareness of it um one of the ways it's really that we can be really helpful is supporting the family in uh, reconciling that the death has occurred, and then doing the practical things. Uh, with in the case of sudden death, there has been no time to prepare, and they've got to do all the preparations. So, mm-hmm. death doula can step in to support them with those things, so they can also be with the grief and the shock of it all. Nice. Good to know.
0: Um, there, there's been some super chats that I can't highlight them all because. There's so many comments, I've lost them, but this is a beautiful one from Jennifer, who says, in memory of all of us who have lost someone, thank you for having Elua Arthur on your show. Um, Lena had a sweet one. And then even before we started, there was a beautiful one from Um, uh, Beautitia, I got your name right this time, but thank you all for your super chats. It's a wonderful way for our foundation, who's a nonprofit um, to, to get some donations so we can continue doing um, our, our Music Heals programs and these kind of shows. So thank you. I, do know, I had to say it now because I'll forget and then I'll feel so bad yes, will. Me up for a week. So <laughs> um, Elua, a question for you. What has being a death doula taught you about life?
2: For starters, is that I don't know anything. You know, how in life we think that we know things and we kind of feel like we know what we're up to and we have a plan and whatever else, death reminds me that none of that is true. That this idea that we have of control is an utter illusion and that we're all just here writing as best as we can. Like none of us actually know what's up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or at least I don't let me be honest about that. Um, I like to have a plan for what I might want for my life, but I also have to surrender to the incredible mystery that is death. Um, It's also taught me uh, a lot of things this weekend, I was really just thinking about body positivity and how, you know, we get so caught up in what we look like and all that stuff, but it doesn't really matter. Like at some point it's all gonna be in the ground somewhere. I mean, it's cute now, don't get me wrong, but like it, in the, this extra 15 pounds I'm carrying don't make a big difference to anything or anybody. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah that reminds me to love my life as it is and my body in this experience of life as it is as best as possible.
0: Where did you, did you ever think when you were looking back as a kid, did you ever think you would be here? No, not Not at all. I was certain I was
2: going to be your uncle's wife. Are you kidding? I love (laughs)
1: that. I love
0: that. I love that. I love that. Uh, And by the way, uh, Lua, you are getting some great compliments on your, uh, on your earrings, people are loving Ooh, it.
2: Great, yeah. Thanks. Where did you
0: get those from?
2: I got them in Ghana. Oh,
0: wow, yeah, okay, beautiful. How often do you go to Ghana?
2: Uh, it's been like every year or two recently. I mean, obviously, pandemic, not at all, but like yeah. before that, I was going pretty frequently.
0: Okay. Yeah, very cool. Um, I it's, it's a place I've always wanted to go, have never been. Looking forward to the day of going. Todd, we were supposed to go for a 3T show many years yeah, ago. Yeah, at one
1: point,
0: yeah. Yeah, like before. six, seven years ago. Um, something happened where it was a foundation, I believe. Uh, I mean, a, a festival. Something happened yeah. where they couldn't pull off the festival, so we ended up not going. But uh, there's so many countries in Africa, Ghana being one, that I, I have to get to. Um, yeah. I, I just know there's I no have to. We need to go
1: to, yeah. do for sure. sure.
2: Do for sure. Let me know when you're in Ghana.
1: I will. Is that
0: where you're at now? No, I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. okay. So boring in okay. comparison. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, Lua, this is the final question or, or message. We are here. I, I warned you about this time. Um, anything up to a minute, anything you would like to talk about, um, discuss, please feel free to do so. Um, could be, as I said, your favorite movie, your favorite book, your favorite song, your favorite cooking recipe. It could be whatever it is you want to leave the Power of Love community with, please. We are ready. Mm-hmm. Gosh!
2: Oh, <laughs> so pressure! Okay, let's see. I'm just going to say the first thing that comes out of my mouth, which is that um, I hope that you know, for whatever it is that you choose to do with your day to day, that you find moments to remember what a tremendous gift it is to be alive, that you can sink into the experience of the senses somehow. And I'm taking this for myself because, as yeah. I said for the last you the last week on the couch, um, that we that we remember what a gift it is to be here and to hear music and to be with people that we love, or to be able to feel love or express love and um, and dance. Dance, mm-hmm. move that body. This beautiful gift that we've got. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. I love that. that. That that has been one of my favorite uh, one minute. Don't, we don't even have a full name for this, but that has been one of the, my favorite messages. I like that. And I'm not a dancer, but you're right. Dance. You know, use the body and enjoy life. It's it's a and beautiful we- thing.
2: In it, be in it, because we're only in it for a brief amount of
0: time. It feels
2: like a long time,
0: but it goes like that. So just be in it for a little bit. ALUA, Alua, there's one more question that someone in the community just posed in the the chat and I have to highlight it because I'm very curious to know your answer. Uh, Lena asks, is there an age that you think parents should start talking to their kids about death? That's a great
2: question. I would say that when the kids start asking you, which kids talk about it a lot, kids talk about it a lot if we're listening, they talk about animals or cartoon characters, or they just get curious, uh, particularly around the age of four, this is the psychology of it, but around the age of four kids move into object impermanence, that idea of object impermanence. So understanding that when something leaves, it never comes back. It can never come back. Mm. And when they start asking questions about that, where is that thing gone? Where is that person gone? Where did that dog go? That's a good time to start
0: talking to them about it. Yeah. Anything you strongly suggest we mention when talking about it or strongly suggest we don't mention when talking about it?
2: I strongly suggest staying away from any euphemisms of any sort, like grandma is sleeping might make the, and to mean grandma has died, might make the kids terrified to go to sleep. Mm. Just be as direct and as gentle as possible. Mm -hmm. Also be real, remember that you don't have an answer about what it is that happens afterward. And when you don't have answers, rather than try to make something up, just tell them that you don't know. It's far more comforting to a kid, to hear that the adult in their lives is unsure about something, also, than to make something up that could have
0: tremendous uh, damage down the road. Love it. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great advice. Great advice. So, yeah. thank you, um, Taj. Was there anything else you had or wanted to ask prior to us closing this show?
1: No, this has been a great show. Thank you so much for, you know. I was so un, um, informed by this, which is great, Yeah, because this is like a topic that I'm not very familiar with at all. So I was a listening, but um, no, I, I asked all the questions that I wanted to ask, or you asked a lot of questions, and then, you know, so it's, no. I, um, I, one thing I'm, uh, I was thinking of for me in, in general, I, when we mentioned about the I think in my funeral I do want some comedy in there. So I haven't figured out everything yet. But there's I don't I know I don't want a lot of crime. I want more celebration or comedy.
2: Great. I'm glad you know that now too. Yeah. And here's another thing is when we can empower the people in our lives with the information about what we want for our deaths and our funerals, they're probably gonna do their best to honor that. Yeah. yeah. So that's another thing. We talk about it. Say, "Hey, I want comedy." But if they know you and they know you're funny, somebody's gonna crack a joke. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's true. That is true. That
0: it's is true. true. <laughs> the funerals of people that were funny. There's always some laughter in there and some joking in there. Um, yeah. And and I agree with you. I mean, w- whenever the day comes where I'm no longer. You know, where I pass, I I would want people to enjoy and and crack a joke or or two or three or five, whatever it is that's going to make the room feel love. And, and that I I agree with that. So I, and I appreciate you uh, stating that and bringing that to the forefront and, and doing it the way you do and did, because a lot of times people think it's so taboo to smile, laugh, or, or quote, unquote, have a celebration or a good time at such a serious, you know, event as a funeral. So I appreciate your perspective on that and, and how you went about saying that. It's a, it's a very important thing. Um, for everyone out there, uh, please go to goingwithgrace.com. This is where you can learn more about Elua and and understand exactly what she does. I probably myself need to do more things like this um, because oftentimes the reason why I think I don't is because I'm busy or overwhelmed, and I put it off and then put it off and put it off, and the next thing you know, you know, things may happen. So I urge you all, including myself, to get on it. Go to GoingWithGrace.com. Um, you saw her; she's an amazing person. All the comments are stating the same thing. Um, Lua, please keep doing what you do. I am so happy that you you are a recovering attorney and have moved on and, and are doing this now because I think your services are so needed. Yeah. So thank you for being you. Thank you for doing your thing. And Taj, anything else or Elua, hey, anything else you guys want to say right when we clo- before we close the show?
2: A lot of thanks to you all for doing this as fans, yours growing up for sure. I'm so, always so excited when I see people that are using the pain that they've experienced personally to turn into purpose and power and healing for other people. And so I want to acknowledge that and thank you for this offering that you've
0: made. Love it. Taj, you good? I'm good. Yeah. All right. All right. Again, once again, thank you to Jennifer um Lena and Beautisha for the super chats. I think there was one or two I may have missed, but thank you guys so much. Please, please, please be safe. Uh, we will see you guys next Wednesday at 1 p.m. God bless you all. And adios. Much love always.